Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. We're honoring moms this week on SOS Radio, Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, it's almost here. So I thought we'd invite Carol McLeod to be with us today. And Carol McLeod Ministries focuses on teaching women to find joy in everyday life. And moms just have a sacred call and an eternal purpose, Carol, but it easily gets lost in a crazy schedule. That's the truth, Scott. You're not even a mom, and yet you know that, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm married <laughs> to one. <laughs> <laughs> Which qualifies you to talk about this subject, let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been crazy, like driving kids between all their activities, and now we've got like the hybrid school thing, you know, and we're driving them like shorter days. You're picking up one, you're dropping off the other, you're picking up the other one, you're dropping off, and you're just like, ah, and then afternoon comes, and you're like, like sports and drama club and youth group. And it's just like, you feel like you're just nonstop on the go, but you want to be strategic, but the schedule seems to run things a lot easier, doesn't it? It does. You know, I think it's challenging. It's fulfilling and frustrating to be a mom in any decade of life, in any historical season of life. But Scott, the last year and a half, it's been hard for women to really handle everything that motherhood has required of them. So I understand the frustration and the joy that motherhood can bring to a woman, whether she's mothering during a pandemic, during a political upheaval, or just during an ordinary day of life. It, it requires a lot. Let's talk about the sacred call that moms have on their life. We're talking with Carol McLeod today at SWS Radio. There's an eternal purpose that, as parents, we've got to own when we're trying to lead kids because it's hard enough leading ourselves, and then you're trying to shepherd and mentor and coach your kids, and a lot of times they push back. What have you learned, Carol? Because you've mentioned the sacred call, the eternal purpose, which you know, is what my book is about. We have to understand as parents that it's not about us, but it's a call that God has given to you as a human being to parent, to mother, to father the next generation really well for his purposes. And you know what, Scott, this is the hard part. We don't mother or parent in order to get a certain result, a robotic result, we do it out of obedience to our creator. You know, I think when I was in the trenches of motherhood, you know, I'd read my Bible every morning and I'd read about be kind to one another. I'd read about the power of our words. I'd read about be angry and sin not, but I wouldn't apply those verses to parenting. (laughs) And so we need to remember that all of those verses should be guiding us as a mom that we should be kinder to our children than we are to any other human being. We should really control our anger in dealing with our children. And we should remind ourselves that our words matter. You know, the primary way we parent, Scott, is through our words. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. And so we've got to make sure that our words build, they don't tear down, that they encourage, that they don't discourage. To me, Scott, that's part of the sacred call, is partnering with God in the call. The primary way we parent is through our words, and we're talking with Carol McLeod today at SWIS Radio. What is the best way to start to disciple our kids, Carol, when we want to dig into the spiritual nature? We want to have more of that in our family, but we just sort of feel like our kids' attitudes are hard to take authority in. Yeah, so first of all, let me say this. 
you don't need to be a theologian to be a Christian mom or dad to really guide your children into the truth of Scripture. You know, what we did is when we would bring a newborn baby home from the hospital, and we brought five home, the first thing we would do is I would sit in the chair, and Craig would bring the Bible over, and we would take our little baby's hand and lay it on the Bible and say, this is the Bible. In our home, we love the Bible. We honor the Bible, and you're going to love the Bible too. And we would just begin to quote some verses that mean a lot to us. I always encourage parents, look, you can do this. You can have devotions. You don't need to do it every day. Make it your goal to do it maybe three or four days a week. And you don't need to be John Wesley, okay? Don't (laughs) have family devotions. Go for three hours. No. Age appropriate and short is the key. And so some of the things that we would do is, I remember one time, Scott, we had the kids We said, go to your room and get all your stuffed animals. Well, you know kids have thousands of stuffed animals. We put them all on the couch. We piled on the couch in this mountain of stuffed animals and talked about Noah's Ark and what the Ark might have smelled like and what they ate on the Ark and then how Noah obeyed God. I remember another time I sent the kids to their rooms, Scott, and I hid goldfish crackers and Ritz crackers all around the house. We brought the kids out, and we talked about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And then we sent the kids on a scavenger hunt to go find fish and loaves. So you make it fun. You don't need to be a theologian. But maybe the most important thing, Scott, is just to incorporate it into everyday conversation. Hey, were you kind to your sister when you had that conversation with her? Why do you think the Bible says be kind to one another? Hey, let's just pray that the Lord would help you be kinder to your sister. Hey, did you tell me the truth when we were talking about that? I just want you to know that it's important to tell the truth, that God tells us the truth. So incorporate it into normal, everyday life, Scott. Having a good relationship with adolescent children is great, but the reality of where teenagers are, oh, raising them can be a challenge. We're talking with Carol McLeod today at SWS Radio. She actually has a new book called Rooms of a Mother's Heart. And Carol, for a mom who may be struggling with teenagers who have anxiety or teenagers who have a lot of pride, what sort of advice do you have for them just to navigate through the awkwardness? Yeah, I mean, those teenage years can really be a time of challenge for a mom or a dad. But one thing that helped me when my kids were teenagers is to figure out their love language. I had just read the book, The Five Love Languages, and I'm a toucher, Scott. I love to touch my kids and kiss their faces and hug them. But I realized I was driving our oldest son, Matt, crazy. Like he was really pulling away from me. And I figured out his love language was gifts. So Scott, if I left a dollar on the counter and said to him, hey, get a Gatorade after football practice today, I was suddenly like the world's greatest mom. Our second son, Christopher, I never had to buy him a gift as long as he was alive. But if I said to him, hey, Chris, you're doing so good. Really, mom, you think I'm doing good? Yeah, buddy are just doing great. I just see that you're being kind to your siblings, that you're respecting. Mom, you think I'm doing good? Yeah, buddy, I do. So his love language was words of encouragement. So that will really help a mom. And then the other thing I just want to say about guiding teenagers is this. When you need to correct a teenager, 
Do not lecture them for two hours and 45 minutes. In our home, what we did is I'd say, okay, we're having a mom minute. Mom gets one minute and we're going to talk and you're going to stand here and you're going to listen to mom for a minute. And we'd put the timer on, Scott. And then for one minute, I'd say, you know, I'm really concerned that you're not turning your homework in. And in this home, we are faithful and we do what the authorities ask us to do. So you will need to start turning your homework in. Otherwise, there'll be repercussions. And when the timer went off, I was done. Because kids don't like to be lectured, but for a minute, I could say what I needed to say. So those are my two tips for moms of teens. Figure out their love language. And when you need to talk to them, give them just a minute. If you do teenagers the right way, Scott, parenting a teen takes more time than parenting a toddler. So spend time together, figure out their interests. If they love music, say, hey, I want to listen to what you're listening to. If they love sports, say, hey, you know, what did you think about Baylor winning the Final Four this year? Hey, who are you going to cheer for in football this year? Speak to them about what they're interested in, and you will win real estate in their heart. It's interesting we're trying to coach our children. We all take these different strategies, and a lot of the time we base it off the way that we interact with people at work. Like, oh, it's like a management thing, or oh, it's casting vision, or it's shepherding. And you know what? It is all of those things, but in your new book, Carol, you talk about how nurturing our kids is a little different. No, nobody can nurture your child like you can. A teacher can't do it. A daycare worker can't do it. Even a wonderful grandmother is not able to do it the way a mom can nurture a child. And so, mom, you are the one who've been chosen by God, the creator of the universe, to nurture the little people you've been given, whether you've been given them biologically, by adoption, whether you're fostering, whether you're a stepmom, you got the job to snuggle with, to comfort, to tenderly care for this little piece of humanity who is incapable of doing anything at all for himself or or herself in those early years. Babies come with one dominant need, to be loved. And mom, you got the job. Safety is found in your arms. Emotional stability is found in your voice. So nurture the little ones you've been given. Scott, there's a new philosophy in parenting out there that says if you hold your babies, you will spoil them. And Scott, that's just not true. (laughs) Babies need the love of their mom and dad. They need to be held and rocked and sang to. They need you to declare the word of God over them. They need to hear your loving, tender, kind voice. And it's my philosophy and, let me just say, other experts' philosophy that a baby who's been well-nurtured will grow into an emotionally stable, independent child more quickly than one who's not been nurtured. 
Now, we live in a crazy society where life goes by at 100 miles an hour like every day. You think about slowing down for dinner, and sometimes it feels impossible, right? We're talking with Carol McLeod today at SWS Radio. and You know, sitting down around the kitchen table as a family, it's so important, and we've got to be strategic about it, Carol. I mean, study after study shows that kids who engage with family dinners, they show lower rates of substance abuse, lower rates of teen pregnancy and depression. They have higher grade point averages, higher standardized test scores and higher self-esteem. I mean, what are some good questions we could be asking our kids as we're sitting around the dinner table if you feel like, I don't even know what to talk about? Oh, but you do because you're their mom. You're their dad. You can figure out what to talk about. So at our family table, we would ask questions, hilarious questions, thought-provoking questions, soul-searching questions. This is where you can start, Mom. You can say, hey, tell me what was your high today and what was your low? Like, what was the best thing that happened to you and what was the hardest thing that happened to you? And, Scott, at our dinner table, you were expected to answer if you wanted to get dessert. (laughs) You had to participate in the family conversation. As I said earlier, I would ask interest-driven questions about sports, about music, about Legos, about bugs, about crocodiles about ballet, whatever their interest was, I would try to uh, craft questions in that area. Like, why do you think God created gnats? Do you have any idea why a good, loving, kind God would create gnats for us (laughs) to deal with? So don't be afraid to use a little bit of humor. Go down a list of favorites. What's your favorite book you're reading right now? What's your favorite song? Who's your favorite teacher? Who's your favorite friend? Hey, what's the best movie you've ever seen? If you could go to any restaurant, where would you go? Just make a list of favorites. And then there were the more intriguing questions, Scott, like, if you could be anyone in American history, who would you be and why? If you could meet anybody in Bible history, who would you want to meet and why? So moms, you can do this. In, in my book, The Rooms of a Mother's Heart, there are a lot of questions there that'll, that will jumpstart your mind. But I always wanted my kids to feel like our dinner table was the Grand Inquisition. So get used to it. Because at our dinner table, we're interested in you as a person. How you respond to mom and to dad matters to us. The approach we take when we're raising boys and the approach we take when we're raising girls is so different. And we're talking with Carol McLeod today on SWS Radio. Carol, it's interesting. In this culture, identity is a huge issue. And culture wants to tell our kids that they can identify as whatever they want. But you know what? God raised our boys up with a special purpose and passion and special giftings and talents. And he's raised our daughters up with special giftings and talents and a purpose as well. And we're not going to pretend like role models for both genders genders are just the same because it's not true, right? Carol, you wrote a whole book talking about, you know, the sacred call and the eternal purpose of a mom. We get to speak into our child's heart, into their identity for who they are and the way that God's wired them up. So you're right, Scott. This is a hot question today. Boys, girls, gender identity. You've just brought reason to it. And and let me continue on with some wisdom here for parents who are raising children in this gender-confused society that we're in today. Boys and girls are different. They are gloriously different and ordained so by God, the one who created them. And it's not that one is more important. It's not that one is better. It's just that they're unique. 
and wonderfully created. Now, I will say this, Scott, many times, so we have three sons and two daughters. Many times I realized that the virtues I wanted to teach my sons and my daughters were the same, to be kind, to be a leader, to be a person of integrity, to passionately love God, to read the Bible, to be polite. So the virtues were the same, but the way I taught them, Scott, was different. My approach with them needed to be different. Boys, as you just pointed out, respond to adventure stories, to role play, (laughs) to Jacob who wrestled with God, to watching the lives of athletes. My boys loved the stories of heroes who were in danger and then overcame. My girls, they loved a more gentle approach to life. They loved the stories of Anne of Green Gables and and Little Women, stories that were learned in your heart. As I said, I wanted both my boys and girls to grow up to serve the Lord, to use the gifts and talents and abilities for the unshakable kingdom of Christ. But I found that my means to teach those truths were just a little bit different. Is that what you found too, Scott? Yeah, you know, I have a daughter and I have a son and my daughter loves theater and she loves music and acting and, you know, and she charges up in that way. She does like sports, but she's a different kind of competitor than my son is where he's all about just running and grinding and physical activity and bumping into stuff and rolling over stuff and the trash talk and the hype, you know, like he gets pulled into that. He likes that part of it, right? He wants to fight with lightsabers and, you know. (laughs) And he charges up that way. And I guess that's what I've noticed is my two kids charge up differently. Now, that's an interesting point, that they charge up differently. Different things like their fires, like their passion, call their names. And so I think it's important to recognize that and respond as a parent appropriately. But now, Scott, I'll tell you this, that even with my girls, even though they were gentler and maybe more creative, more introspective, I wanted them to be bold. I wanted them to be passionate women who would be able to say no to certain things and yes to certain things. So it is about knowing your children, but let your boys be boys. Encourage them to be boys through and through, to be men through and through, and encourage your girls to be feminine to be feminine pieces of humanity that the world so desperately needs today. Well, we're talking with Carol McLeod today at SWS Radio, and she has a new book. It's called Rooms of a Mother's Heart. It's about a sacred call and an eternal purpose and how we can sort of break that down and comprehend. What do I even do with that? Thanks for being on our show today, Carol. Oh, I loved it, Scott. I always love joining you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.